0: Welcome back to the Lottery Podcast. I'm your host, John Wasserman. This week's episode is brought to you by Untucket and BetOnline.ag. I'm joined this week by the Stepians' Spencer Perlman. He's been pumping out scouting reports the past couple weeks. Check him out on the Stepian and on Twitter at SK Perlman. What's going on, Spencer?
1: Nothing much. I'm enjoying this rainy weather, of course. How are you?
0: Yeah, no, me too. I'm looking out the window. It's, it's like that depressing gray color out right now, right?
1: Yeah, it's
0: nasty. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's just uh, let's get into it. I haven't really had a good like NBA draft discussion in a while. Just um, you know, basic stuff. Uh, what's been going on lately? Um, the storylines. Most of them have been pretty negative, but um, but I, I think this is a good time to uh, kind of recap the past month or so. Um, and so I think the the biggest thing that popped out to me in terms of headlines over the past couple of days is Tyrese Halliburton out for the season. Mm-hmm. What do you know, another another shitty storyline to this NBA draft, which, um, you know, is kind of being perceived as weak. I mean, I think that's the word everyone's using. I You know, I always hate to call draft class weak before it even happens because you just obviously, you never know, you know, who in the 20s is going to blow up and, and uh, you right. know, what, what surprise guys are going to just develop a little bit later. I like to use the word, like, it's just tougher right now to identify the obvious stars in the draft. I mean, they may pop up down the line, but right now it's tough to see him. So Halliburton, you know, in this draft with so much uncertainty, Halliburton, I think the, the one appealing aspect of Halliburton is that there is some certainty tied to his passing. Like, we know this, his passing is going to translate, and I've kind of compared him to Lonzo Ball for better and worse in different areas. I think the really big question right now for teams is how do you value him in this draft? How high is too high and, and so I'm curious just give me your general take on Halliburton how do you see his game translating and when do you think it's appropriate to kind of consider taking him in this draft
1: right um so I feel like most of NBA draft Twitter is just kind of high on Halliburton in general mm-hmm. uh you know there's plenty to like he's unbelievable passers you said uh he's just he's like a really instinctual player um you know good rotations um like, he's, he's got his issues, though. You know, the shot, obviously. Uh, the frame. Um, something that I actually noticed today. So, it's good timing, I guess. That Obviously, it's, it's horrible that he's hurt, because I love watching him play. But I just started my, um, my report on him. So, I was going into the pick-and-roll defense, and I realized just kind of how horrible it was all around. And I feel kind of bad, because, like, I wrote a paragraph on him, and it's pretty much shitting on him the entire time. Um, <laughs> but, like, he's... I think how high he'll go is probably the most uh, team-dependent. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more team-dependent than, you know, someone like Anthony Edwards, who, you know, for better or worse, is an unbelievable shot-maker. Um, Killian, he's an unbelievable passer. You know, he's, there's definitely some shot projection there. But, you know, with Tyrese, you, you really don't want him, I think, being a primary option because he really has no in-between game between, you know, three-point line. Um, and the basket and although he has good touch around the rim he rarely attacks it was like 30 something or 40 attempts in the half court this season um, but you know if a team has a primary primary ball handler and if they can they have you know top five pick like i wouldn't take him i guess at one but I would try to trade down if I did have the first overall first overall pick and uh, I can see some you know taking him around five or so um, five six. It just kind of depends, I guess, what the uh, what the, what the medicals come back with the with his wrist and how people grade his frame.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much the wrist thing is going to hurt his stock, yeah. but I'm sure there's a lot of teams who wanted to see him shoot in workouts, and I don't know if he's yeah. going to be ready um, to do that. I think the big question with Talberton is like like you said, so you don't really want him as your lead guard. I mean, in today's right. league, everybody wants the the guy who brings the ball up the floor to be the guy who can go generate offense on his own. You know, without a ball screen, and so we love his passing, and he's going to fit in at either backcourt spot. But like you said, team dependent. Like you want uh, you want a scoring playmaker next to him, a guy that can break down defenses. And so there are a couple teams in the lottery, and you know, let's throw out the Knicks. Of course, Um, we're both in New York right now, and I think there are probably more Knicks fans that are listening to this than, than any other fan base. And so the Knicks are going to have you know a question of, do I take a guy like Cole Anthony who has like that that fun upside? Or do I take like the smart, savvy passer, even though it's probably not a good fit for him? Um, but I don't know. That's going to be like a big question that a team like the Knicks have, right? Like, who? Like for example, if you're the Knicks, what's what's the point guard that you're gunning for?
1: I want someone who can get to the paint, uh, yeah. and like, who's you know, obviously want someone who can run the pick and roll, but I really want someone who can actually put pressure as a scorer. And I don't think Halliburton can do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what about what about Golden State? What, what do you think of Haliburton's fit there in case the Warriors? You know, end up picking closer to four or five
1: uh i mean honestly i i think there's their system is probably the most fluid for anyone in that you can really i think just kind of plug and play anyone yeah uh, within an ex, you know certain extent obviously but just because steph can play off ball with the best of them clay can play off ball with the best of them you can run pick and rolls a dream on then you have uh short roll four on threes and that's gonna like that would work perfectly um i just i feel like the lineup there would be pretty difficult to work out uh having you know him and clay at the two three and then i guess wiggins at the four in some lineups and dre at the five it's, it's a weird fit
0: <laughs> yeah no, no i know i know the warriors have sent a lot of their execs uh to iowa state games uh to to obviously scout halliburton so that's kind of why i bring it up and also you know the warriors are a pretty high profile team are going to be in the lottery you mentioned anthony edwards um he is I mean, I, I totally understand how people could have him number one, and I had him number one entering the season, and he's still pumping in 20 points a game. Uh, his, his percentages are down, I think they're probably around 40% from the field, 30% from three, and that's pretty much a reflection of his shot selection, yeah. uh, th- his, his role on his team. Um, I personally have kind of lost, lost like I see the talent. Of, of course he has so much talent, and he's probably going to produce in the NBA but I have so many questions about his ability to impact games and his mindset and, and whether he can just ever resist those urges to, to stop falling away and pulling up early in the clock or, or dribbling. You know, how much of that is a big deal to you versus how much is it he's just so talented we have to take him high?
1: This is a cop-out, but I feel like it's finding the balance. Like, if you have a coach who can rein him in, then I really have no issue taking him, you know, first overall. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, I have to deal with the off-ball defense, and he's not a good passer. Uh, you know, there I guess, some flashes, and he probably showed a little bit more in AAU where he was showing um, some whip passes and stuff like that, but, like, if you have a coach who's going to enable him to take the, you know, the step-back jumpers, sidestep jumpers, all those with 18 seconds in the shot clock left, like, you know, Karina's doing at Georgia, that's probably the worst possible thing that can happen, so... Like, I've spoken to some people, and it's like there's such a high ceiling with him just because he is such a good score. Like, he has every shot in the book. He's, you know, 6'5, 225. He's a good finisher in the paint with either hand. Um, but the shot selection is so bad. Like, you know, he can be a top player, maybe not top 10 or so, because, you know, as you said, there's still definitely questions about how he impacts the game, but still be a good player in his own right. And then, of course, if he has a coach who enables him and just gives him complete free reign, he could end up. You know going along the dion waiters route not comparing them as players because i think edwards is much more talented as the scorer um but someone who's just kind of like bouncing around and um having issues just because the shot the shot selection is so you know whack
0: yeah no he's like a bit like a more talented and we're not another thing like talent is is naturally is what you're given naturally and then skill is obviously what you what you develop and i think talent wise right it's it's tough it's tough to beat him but yeah i kind of compare it in my head to like you have like the fanciest fanciest toy or fanciest car possible um but if the battery doesn't work right or like he's not wired right then you're not going to get the most out of that fancy toy. And so I don't know if if he's just not wired right. And in some cases, you just can't really fix that. So like, for example, the Knicks, right? The Knicks just need talent. However, Mm -hmm. the thought of Anthony Edwards on the Knicks is like a nightmare to me. I think it's like the worst situation possible. But at the same time, the Knicks just need talent. I mean, I hate to keep going back to the Knicks. But if the Knicks have the number one overall pick, I mean, what do you think about Edwards?
1: Uh, you know, I've actually been kind of all over the place in the last month and a half, like, you know, with you and most of, other, most of the other people, I had Edwards number one coming into the season. And then, um, it got to the point where I really had nobody number one, cause they didn't really feel comfortable taking anyone. It was just kind of, you know, still Edwards by default. And then, um, Killian, he took number one for a little bit. And then as I got into LaMelo ball, uh, like, you know, i watched the games once or twice going into the reports and I watched them again, went through the clips, he is probably the one who's who I'd feel most comfortable taking first uh, for the Knicks, even with you know the shot selection, I guess, also, and then the questionable form. I just I buy the shot long term because of the touch, and uh, he's he actually a pretty good catch and shoot shooter. Um, and there are just some flashes even in mid range. Like I feel like in order to reach that next level, you have to have some outlier skill. So LaMelo has that in passing. I think he is a true outlier in his ability to see the floor, make every pass in the book, and then obviously try some passes that you're not happy with, but they somehow get through. Um, and I actually think because of that, it kind of lowers the bar in terms of what he has to be as a shooter, um, as a scorer, and I think he can get there. So if the Knicks have the first overall pick, um, I mean, I, I'd lean towards LaMelo you know, just because he right now he has that true thing that can – Make everyone better, and it showed actually with the uh, with the net rating stats in Australia.
0: Yeah, I've had Lamella Ball number one. Uh, I guess like November, like I guess, I guess when he had those couple triple doubles, I was like, all right, I'm convinced. And and um, kind of what I was saying before with Halliburton and in this draft there's so much uncertainty. I know for a fact that Lamella Ball can pass, and he's going to be oh, yeah. a high assist guy in the NBA, no matter what. Like his floor is is a high assist guy, and uh, compared to Halliburton, Lamelo's scoring upside is significantly higher. I think yeah. he's a lot more, you know, shifty off the dribble and uh, much more explosive in transition. And no, he doesn't shoot a great percentage, but he flashes a, a lot of finishing upside. And uh, he's not a shooter, but he's a shot maker. I mean, he can yeah. catch fire and drill five threes in the game. And of course, he can go cold, but he's 18. And um, and uh, so anyway, so I see a lot more scoring upside. But I'm, I, I know for a fact that his passing is going to translate and to me. That makes him good enough to be the number one pick, and I'm really, I don't really care about the the ball family and the maturity right. concerns. I actually think that's like no big deal anymore. I, I I say this a lot. I think the best thing that happened to him was being a celebrity so early. Now he's like over it. It's like he doesn't need. He's got five million followers on Instagram. I think he like doesn't need the cameras in his face anymore. I think it's time that he recognizes. All right, I gotta be, I gotta be a pro here. Um, a lot of people are doubting me, so I'm gonna to, to lock in and, and focus.
1: Can I actually add two things real quickly? Yeah. Um, so going back to actually what you just said on the family, I agree. I think, like, I never thought Lonzo was a problem. I thought it was kind of Lavar, and, you know, he's very, very outspoken. But um, LaMelo's had to deal with that, and he had to deal with his brother. And I actually thought in Australia, there I mean, obviously, no, it's literally on the other side of the world. So maybe we just weren't getting the reports. But it seemed like there was nothing coming out um, in terms of, like, you know, the father making a big deal or anything like that. And then I've heard people say that he doesn't make people better. I, I, I don't see that when I watch the games and then, you know, go again, going back to the, the, the net rating without Aaron Brooks. So when he was playing as the primary creator, he was the only guy on this team with a positive net rating. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's pretty impressive considering his yeah. team is kind of crap.
0: <laughs> All right. I, th- I think just the eye test, like when he had the ball, somebody was going to get a good look. I mean, they didn't always oh, yeah. knock it down. And yeah, he gets into those um those sequences where he where he gets a little cocky and he dances a little bit, but for, for overall, I mean, the, the, the best option on that, that Hawks team for a good shot was give it to LaMelo and let him try and create something with the ball screen or, or in the open floor. I mean, he was the best shot creator for other guys around him. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, that's nonsense. I mean, anybody who says that he, he can't make guys around him better, they're just kind of looking at his character and the image that has kind of been cast since he was a little kid, but yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about that. It's time to give a shout out to Untuck It, because if you've ever seen an untucked button down, it usually looks bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck it, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck it shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Personally, I fall under the short category, so this has been an ongoing issue for me my entire life with button downs. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look too baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com. The promo code BLUE for 20% off. This is a good segue to Cole Anthony. So Cole Anthony, um, another guy. So he's the guy he really question I think, is can he make guys better? And I've been trying to figure out, like, what type of player he's going to be at the next level. Is he, is he, um, I mean, I said on Twitter the other day, like, i he's starting to morph more in towards a, a Jamal Murray for me. Like, a, he's a scorer. He's a I don't want to give him a label, but I I like to call a guy like him a scoring ball handler. He needs Mm -hmm. the ball in his hands. Yeah, sure, he's a point guard, but obviously he he goes to get his first, and that's what he's best at, putting the ball in the bucket with uh, with pull-ups and stuff. But is he the right guy you want making the majority of your decisions? Just like you don't really want Jamal Murray making every decision for you. You kind of like him playing more two-guard with a smarter point guard next to him. So how do you see Cole Anthony transitioning to the NBA?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think you you needed at least one more primary ball handler next to him. And I was actually thinking about potential fits with him. And, you know, it's pretty easy to say everyone fits with Doncic. But um, I think Cole, like, I, I think he's definitely got that competitive fire that uh, Luka has. Um, I think his defense, I think it's actually going to progress. I think he's a competitive guy. I think his off-ball defense was, like, protecting the rim and rotations was pretty it's been pretty fantastic uh, for the most part, um, especially for a freshman guard. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he's an, he's a movement shooter. Like UNC hasn't really had the opportunity to use him as such, but he was one last year. And then in the brief chances that we've seen it this year, he's done it. Um, just, you know, the questions about the finishing and, and, as you said, the passing, he's not really a playmaker. Uh, you definitely need someone next to him who can get him good looks and then who can get everyone else good looks also.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not willing to um... – like totally knock him outside the top 10 or anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, North Carolina sucks and they have no shooters. <laughs> and um, he, his, his workload is heavy and, you know, he forces a lot of a lot of drives and tough runners. And sometimes he takes like the wrong route to the basket or he, or he attempts a, a runner when he had a better lane for a hard drive and sometimes his decision making is off. Uh, and, and I think a lot of guys around him affect that. But I'm pretty confident that at the next level he's gonna be able to put the ball in the bucket. Um, the way Murray does, and
1: um... I, I feel like, like even if he doesn't end up reaching Murray's level of, you know, I'm, well, actually, I don't even know if I can say this, but like, I guess level is a starter, mm-hmm. though starter, you know, it's really just kind of depending on team makeup. Right. Um, he could always just be a bench scorer. Like, I, I can, try, I can totally see him going the Lou Williams route, mm-hmm. um, and just being that high level scorer off the bench, and you know, it's not going to be a perfect fit in, and for a bunch of teams, um, but. For the right team, like, you know, a championship team, having somebody who can come off the bench and score 18 points a game, 20 points a game, get to the rim, uh, get to the free throw line, and shoot, you know, aside from being a ball-dominant guy, that, that's pretty big.
0: Do you feel pretty confident that Killian Hayes is going to be a quality starting NBA point guard?
1: I do. Uh, it's just a question of where. Uh, so uh, another one of the guys from the Stepien and I, were finishing up a report on him, and we have, we have him, like, the low case scenario worst case scenario is basically a high rotation piece you know coming off the bench being a pick and roll pick and roll guy um great passing and then being able to shoot a little bit the middle ground um it's not you know a top 10 point guard probably top 15 point guard but it's somewhere that you can comfortably say yes i have my starter for you know x amount of years um and i think you know obviously the shot the catch and shoot it's still kind of baffling i still Mm -hmm. don't exactly understand why he's not hitting um as many shots as he should be given his form and the free throw percentage but yeah i'm pretty confident saying he'll be a good starter
0: so. yeah another guy another guy who i just like love his passing is going to translate i mean give him a screen, and he's, he's going to create a good look for somebody in that yeah. situation and um I and mean, then we've looked at his free throw percentage and it's it's always in the high 80s every year every league he's in and uh i mean it looks right when he shoots off the dribble it, it looks good and this year, we've seen a lot more shot creation moves with the step back and the, the sidesteps. Mm. And, um, and he's got a floater in his package. And uh, I, I, I like him. There's, there's, I, I can't picture how high his ceiling goes. I know he's not that explosive.
1: yeah
0: But I just uh, another guy I feel safe about. And in this draft, I value safety. Um, so I, I, tough guy. You know, I can't really project. Like, I, I don't know if I see an all star, but I see a, a good a good point guard. Is that is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's very fair. And as you said, the athleticism kind of limits him, um, but he's got he's got the passing. He can literally make every pass in the book. Although the lobs can get a little bit, you know, whack at times, uh, float a little bit. Um, got good touch in the paint. I, I think the defense will actually be pretty good, pretty good because he's got he's pretty strong. You know, he's got pretty pretty big quads. <laughs> um, yeah, Killian, I like. I definitely like Killian
0: yeah so kind of a similar thing in my head so obi Toppin um from dayton another guy who you could on one hand you could see a lot of upside in the other hand you could also you wouldn't be shocked if he was you know good good rotation big man trying to figure out where he kind of falls in the spectrum of upside i certainly buying the breakout i think he's i think he's a lottery pick i know i've heard some some say you know he's more of a he's more of a, a backup big man um, I've talked to scouts and executives who think that he is one of the best bigs in the draft. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed opinions on Obi, another guy I feel safe about in this particular draft. Uh, the explosive finishes, he plays pretty hard, uh, pretty skilled post player. Um, I don't know how the jumper is right now, You know how legit it is. I think he's a good passer. Defense obviously needs a lot of work. But you throw in all these things and you, into the equation and you try and decide... You know, is this Amari 2.0, or is this John Collins, or is this, you know, a backup big guy? Where do you see Obi Toppin at the next level?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're starting him, I feel like you're going to really need to have a strong defensive team around him. Yeah. Um, I'm probably a little bit more comfortable having him, you know, come off the bench and be a scorer in that regard. Um, I'm just worried that you, you really won't be able to overcome just how bad of a defender he is, kind of everywhere in the court and you know we've seen uh carl anthony towns this year been like you know probably one of the best offensive seasons of all time for a big and yet his defense is so bad that it's it's difficult to completely
0: like negates what he's doing offensively right
1: yeah um I, i mean he's a lotto big uh he's a lottery pick excuse me um just like, I don't really think there's that much upside because he's also on the older side, although, you know, yeah. with the development curve over the last couple of years, it could in theory keep going. Um, just the defense it's worrisome.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a good point. How do you, how do you factor in defensive, uh, effectiveness in college when a guy is so good or so productive offensively? And, um, I, I think somebody's going to take him high. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Again, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of using John Collins as the type of as, as the the type of guy he's going to be, where he's going to be productive at the next level, but it might not translate to, to impact yeah. play. But um, that's just one of the one of the bigs in this draft who I think has generated a lot of different reactions. Um, Isaac Okoro from Auburn is. It seems like everybody seems to like him. I'm, I I certainly liked him early, and uh, he's only risen up my board into the top five. Um, i'm gonna say it again he's i just feel so safe about him mm-hmm. um so do you see do you just see like a, a safe role player or do you see enough upside where he's worth taking top five
1: um i mean with him it doesn't really just kind of come down to a shot uh th- that's that's really it you know he's got a little quirky form but mm-hmm. in terms of doing everything else like he hustles everywhere he's a really good defender he's got positional versatility and he's strong as hell uh he can finish in the paint really well uh he's a good passer uh oh you know he's a good passer for a wing and that's that's definitely a good thing mm-hmm. um he's he's a very safe player in terms of like you know you're what you're getting and then if you can go to if you can go to a team that can actually help unlock his jumper a little bit he can be like a very high impact player
0: and, right. Okay. All right. So let me interrupt you really fast, because so I did this piece the other day, and um, I talked to a bunch of scouts, and they did. uh They kind of gave me their opinion on like twenty five guys, and and one of the scouts mentioned something on Okora that kind of interests me. So you mentioned right, his jump shot is like the swing skill that's going to determine h- how good he can be, and the yeah. scouts said, I think by the time he's twenty four, he could do exactly what Marcus Smart did, where he could be like a thirty four three thirty four percent three-point shooter. So if Okoro kind of follows Marcus Smart's trajectory as a shooter then he becomes like a 34% three-point shooter, you know, making one to two a game, where does that take his
1: game? I mean, Marcus Smart's one of the most impactful players, I think, in basketball. So I feel, yeah, I mean,
0: right, and I and I I mean, I don't I don't think he's like the big man version of Marcus Smart or the the wing version of Marcus Smart, but there are a lot of similarities <laughs> that they impact yeah. games with their defense and their toughness, and they don't have to drop twenty a game to make an impact.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can. He's someone who like he's a winning player. He's someone who you want on your team. Yeah. If you're trying to like you know go from uh, a playoff team to you know a second round team a second round team from to champion uh, championship contending team and then to win it all, I think. Like, it would not surprise me if he's going to be that missing link um, if the shot develops and he'll be that guy just you know, raise the floor for everyone because of everything else he does.
0: Right. If he goes to a good team, I mean, his yeah. career is going to take off. Yeah. Um, and uh, just another one of those guys. And we talk about in, uh, impacting winning. And to me, in this draft, again, when there's just, you don't really see any superstars, any guys that you just have to take. I mean, I'll take a guy like Okoro Top 5 and sleep sleep well. You know, that's the yeah. type of... A safe player, um, I think he is. Now here's a guy who, who um, I was much higher on to start the season, and he kind of keeps falling in my mind. I kind of see less of him. And Nico Mannion, mm-hmm. who was, um, you know, he came into in, the season right. Everybody, he's he's competitive. He's fun to watch. He could score. He gets in your face. He's a good passer. He's a good shooter. Um, but then there's the questions of can he do this against NBA point guards? Right. And uh, I'm starting to kind of lose faith. In uh, his upside i think he's an nba player but i think if you're going to take a guard like a, a point guard and he's a point guard he's not somebody you really want playing off the ball um, unless you have the, the really perfect backcourt partner for him um mm-hmm. you, you don't want to you don't want to take a backup a potential backup point guard in the lottery you'd rather swing on, on a little more upside here so what's your take on nico madden in terms of projections do you think he's Worth taking high, you see a starting because if you don't just want him to be like a bat, like you know, Alfred Payton who went number 10 overall and was like good enough to start on some teams, but that's not good enough to justify number 10 overall, right? If you're going to take a point guard that high, you want him to be a top 15 starting point guard. So, where do you see Nico?
1: So, I just want to touch on that point really quickly. Um, I'm helping um Mike Vorkanov actually work in a piece, and one of the things I've talked about is is the value of the pick. So, why would you want to pick? like if you have two picks, they have one at like 10, 12, then you have another one at 30 or 31. Why would you pick someone who tops off as maybe like a, the 25th to 30th best point guard. Right. And then take a below average wing with the second pick when you can take an above average wing and then someone who has a similar ceiling as the person you were going to take with the top 10 pick. Who who's the point guard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, on Nico, I agree. Uh, I had him very high coming in. I thought the shot was going to be a lot better. Um, you know, just the size. He's. I think he's quick. I think he's a good athlete. I just, you know, as you said, I don't really think he, he can do it against NBA athletes. Guys who are two inches bigger, three inches bigger, have 20 pounds on them, much you know more physical than him. Um, I think he'll be a good backup point guard. You know, a spot starter, something along the lines of, you know, like a Darren Collison, who I guess you could have starting, but he's not someone who who you really want starting as your point guard on a very high level team. Um, so you know if you have a pick in the, you know, the late teens, uh, around 15 or so, I'm, I'm, I'm cool taking him, I guess around there, you know, like the late lotto late, like actually late lotto, uh, beyond. But before that, it's just the limited ceiling is it, you know, it kills him a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I like Nico. I just don't see a quality starting point guard. And I think maybe like the second half of his career, the perception is going to change right he's going to look like maybe if he i'm assuming he does go pretty high in the draft he mm-hmm. might like look like a bust the first half of his career and then kind of like collison like you said the collison's value kind of spiked the second half is in his career when he finally found a role that where his value kind of met um another guy who uh, people are really split on and that this actually surprised me so tyrese maxey um i know a lot everyone liked him before the season and then he opened up with that 26 point game and then he shot up the board and then he got quiet and he missed a lot of shots and then I'm hearing some scouts who are like, I don't know what he's going to be able to do at the next level that's above average in, in any area. Me, I actually see him as one of the safest players in the draft. I have him top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see Maxie?
1: Yeah, I, I actually tend to agree with the with the other scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the shooting this year and how, I guess, kind of bad it's been in relation to where he was coming in, um, I think that's going to – that's uh, gonna of get back to where it should be. I think he's actually a good shooter. Um, it's just I don't think he's a good playmaker. Um, like, he's got a good first step. But I don't think it's a great first step. Uh, you know, he's another one of those guys who you need another playmaker next to him in order to have the offense work because he's not an yeah. engine. He's not going to put relentless pressure on the rim. Um, he's not going to really create for others. Although, uh, he does get to the rim. He's just not constantly, constantly attacking. Um, but do I mean, you think I guess, that has anything
0: to do with quickly and Hagen's uh, in the lap?
1: Yeah, so that's the other thing. Um, there's obviously the Kentucky, I guess, restriction that yeah. has happened <laughs> in the past, and yep. I'm sure, like, I'm sure he'll do very well in workouts. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I just don't really know how much Kentucky's actually hindered uh, what he could do, rather than maybe masked mm-hmm. a little bit of what he couldn't do.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, I see why, why people would question the upside. He's he's not a, a point you, you got to put a, a better playmaker next to him, and then at 6'3", he's not very explosive, that kind of mix of limited size and athleticism. For a two-guard who's been an inconsistent shooter, like, I get all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, um, I just—I don't know. I'm just buying into the eye test of his good play and hoping that it becomes more consistent down the road. I think his shot's better than, than what he's shown, and uh, I think he's a—I'm buying into the intangibles. I think he's a tough kid. I think he's a good kid, um, and uh, just somebody who I, if I had to bet on getting better, I'm just gonna somebody I want to bet on. So uh, he's going to be interesting to see how how teams evaluate him, and you know I think there was there are going to be teams who who have him in the 20s, and there are going to be teams who have him in the lottery, and it's just going to matter how the draft order plays out. Like Cam Johnson last year went number 11 overall. There's probably 29 teams who had him in the 20s or 30s. But yeah. if one team likes you and that one team happens to have a top 11 pick, I mean, it changes everything. Yeah. All right, let's do, um, really fast. Let's do, um, try something different for our betonline.ag's buy or sell segment of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code blue wire, all one word for a 50% welcome bonus. So let's do buy or sell on the wing player edition. I'll give you a wing and a viewpoint. On him or an opinion and you tell me if you're buying or selling so denny of dia top five pick in this draft you buying or selling i'll buy i buying Do too you want
1: me to, yeah uh you want me to explain why too yeah why not all right um the passing i buy the shot he's up to 40 i think 41 percent on uh three pointers when outside of the final five seconds of the shot clock Good um stat. yes uh just you know he's got to fix the body crunch on the off the dribble stuff. He's a tough kid. He attacks the rim. He's got self-touch around the rim. Uh, he's competitive. And I know, like I, I was talking to an Israeli coach back in the summer saying that he's one of like the hardest workers that he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, So you know you're getting that with him too. So yeah, I'd buy it.
0: I'm totally buying it. In fact, he's moving closer to number two on my board. And uh, a couple of, I don't know if everybody, I'm sure people who are listening to this are like hardcore draft fans and they watched Mike Schmidt's ESPNs breakdown with him
1: the documentary <laughs>
0: yeah i mean first of all the kid speaks perfect english and uh, i kind of always factor that in i mean if you can understand what teammates and coaches are saying to you earlier how could that not help uh, during the transition and uh, yeah i heard the same thing about his work ethic and he's just a fit he does a little bit of everything and i think the always the question with with denny was you know is he a superstar or is he just kind of jack of all change role player can he be a can he create his own shot without the explosiveness um, I'm, I'm buying the jump shot. I'm buying the passing. I'm buying the defensive versatility. and buying the intangibles. Um, I'm just, I'm just buying. So uh, I'm good with him as a top five pick in this draft as well. All right, buy or sell, Cassius Stanley, first round.
1: Uh, sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him as a high level backup. You know, something along the lines of like a Monty Morris. Um, I just, I, th- I think there's very limited upside there.
0: You thinking Cassius Winston or Cassius Stanley?
1: Oh crap! Who'd you <laughs> say? You said Stanley? Yeah, Duke. Oh my bad. Um, okay. I've been up since three o'clock in the morning. No. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'll buy it. Um, I think he's he's. He, I mean, he's strong. He's an unbelievable athlete. The guy flies. Um, I buy him being a good defender. I buy the jump shot improving over time. Just you know, you need him to be in the right role. Uh, it's just like a three and D guy, he'll get out in transition, and I think teams towards the back end of the first round they want guys who can fit into a certain role, and I think he can do it.
0: So I got a text. For, it's funny that you made that mistake because I. The Reason I brought this up is because a scout texted me the other day and he goes, You know who I have top five, Cassius. And I'm like, Huh, Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, he's a big time, like big time uh, leaper. He shoots the three, he plays really hard on defense. He's Jalen Brown 2.0. I was like, Oh, that Cassius. Um, and so, uh, I don't know if I'm I don't I don't love the upside. I don't I totally disagreed with the, what the scout said with Jalen Brown.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a bold he's take. Kind of Skinny,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I You know, there's a lot of scouts out there, so there's a lot of different opinions. It's it's just this is why I love the the whole scouting industry and why I got into this in the first place. You know, you could have all these basketball minds watching the same guy, and you could have so many different opinions. But um, I think if you took him in the in the 20s of this draft, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a a terrible pick, but I'm 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 not buying him as like anything more than you know a Derek Jones or like a just a good athlete, a Mm -hmm. role player at the next level. All right, buy or sell, Devin Vassell lottery.
1: Ooh. Uh, sell. Uh, I think he'll be just outside. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be probably closer to twenty than fourteen, but it's splitting hairs. I feel like at that point, like he, he'll be close to the lottery.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm buying him personally. I would, I think he's worth taking in the lottery. i just, man, I just see like a total pro out there. Even if he's right. not a superstar at the next level, like he's, he's gonna make it and he's gonna last. He's
1: another high impact guy. High, like really impact.
0: high impact. Yeah, he doesn't have to pump in 20 a game. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about his, his defense on and off the ball and uh, yeah. buying the shot and a couple flashes here of this pull-up jumper that we've seen and, and suddenly he's a, a bigger threat offensively and, um, you know, the right team gets him. Oof, I think they're going to unlock a, a nice little steal there. All right, buy or sell RJ Hampton top 10 in this year's draft?
1: Uh, I'd buy that. I think he'll go top 10. Um, You know, he's... He's a really, really good athlete. Uh, he's got great burst. Um, I don't really think he handles contact that well, but he's, you know what, 18 and a half or so, I think. Um, uh, yeah, I'll buy it. And then I buy the jumper, but he's another guy who I don't want being a primary playmaker, like, at all. He, he's thrown some of the worst passes I've seen out of any prospect this year.
0: Yeah, I'm selling Hampton, and he may go top 10. And I know I've talked to scouts who have him top 10. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take him top 10, and... Um... I don't know. I'm just not really sure what his bread and butter is. Like, what is his bankable skill at the next level? Really, another kid who every time you talk to somebody around him, they're like, he's just a really good, high character guy you want in your locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, he looks, the, the eye test says yes on his size and athleticism. And, you know, he attacks, he could pass, he can make open shots. But I don't know if he's good enough in any one area. And uh, I know he's 18 and a half, but I think he's a little too far away in, in each individual area but sure if you want to take him yeah exactly um all right last guy you went to Vanderbilt right I did okay so Aaron Newsmith, best shooter in the draft
1: yep (laughs) (laughs) no bias there at all I mean people have said Isaiah Joe and I can I can see why you know he's another really good movement shooter even though Mm -hmm. the percentages aren't there but like Stackhouse has really unlocked something I think this past year and it's a shame he's been out for a while but like, the shooting, he's running off, like, double screens in the bottom, um, you know, fake down, come off, like, an ele- uh, elevator elevator screen, like, going off to the angle. He's had some of the nicest movement shots I've seen. Just now, instead of just making them, he has to be able to get his, his uh, footwork and the release a little bit quicker. But, like, he's such a good shooter. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to actually say anyone's better than him. And watching him in the gym, like, to be a fly on the wall during NBA workouts must be, like, pretty cool. With yeah <laughs>
0: he, he's gonna i mean uh i guess he's not even gonna work out i mean i, I actually forget what's the extent of his injury
1: uh is it left is he gonna foot? be back or is he uh, i mean I, i'd be I, shocked know. i like if i'm him and i'm not gonna be back yeah, is, he, some... is
0: he is he gonna be able to work out is really what i'm asking
1: oh i think he'll be able to work out i don't think it was it was an extended extended injury i just think it was right. just one that was going to keep him out for the season or it'd be yeah. smart to keep him out for the season
0: yeah i think he's the best year in the draft too i mean uh I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed that before coming into the season. I know he like flashed yeah. signs last year, but man, th- it was a pretty big. He took a lot of threes this year. I think he averaged over eight attempts per game and hit like over four per game. And I forgot, uh, right, they...
1: what, it, I forgot what it was, but he was the only player in the country at one point um, who was like, I think it was like fifty percent from uh, three, uh, like fifty-five or sixty percent from two, and like eighty percent from the free throw line or <laughs> eighty-five, whatever. And he's a wing, like. That's unbelievable that yeah. he's 60% from like two or from the field, like whatever. He's such a good shooter. Unbelievable yeah. shooter.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. There you have it. That is the betonline.ag buy or sell segment of the week. Remember to use promo code blue wire, all one word for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Let's finish up with a couple of player debates. You don't have to get into serious breakdown analysis, but a um, couple point cards. Who are you taking? Trey Jones or Kyra Lewis Jr.?
1: Uh, hmm. I think Trey. Um, that's tough. Like, I think Lewis definitely has the higher upside, but I think Trey's a winner. And like the way he took over that UNC game was unreal. He's such a smart player too. It's, it's that's a good one though.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going Trey all the way. And I know that there are some who have bought into Lewis as like a, you know, one of the more slept-on point guards in this year's draft. And I know he's still. 18 i feel like he's gonna be 18 forever yeah um right. he had that huge game at the 37 points i think over the weekend and then yesterday i think he had a triple double or against auburn the other day but it was he's like a good streak yeah um i don't know i, I just can't really see a big time big time nba player but I, I, with with trey i know he may not be a star but uh i don't know if he was another van vliet and like down the road he got much better around the perimeter and then much better score just another guy i'm going to bet on regardless yeah. of what i think about his upside all right vernon vernon Carey versus isaiah stewart who do you like
1: uh can, can i pass on this one i <laughs> like i i've i've been going like i honestly i really have no idea i I've, I've thought about it probably more than i should have and i still I'm just not sure.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't really love either of them just because of the way the game is played today. And uh, I just don't see it with Stewart. I know he's a hard worker. He's physical. But uh, he just doesn't really get off the ground very high. Uh, uh, He doesn't really do much away from the basket. His, like, upside is so limited that it's just I'd rather take my chances on, like, anybody else in the first round. Carry, same thing. But I think he's got a little more... Wiggle in his in his body, and he could do a few more different things on the floor. But um yeah, neither of them... that.
1: He's like, I feel like if you're flipping a coin between the two of them, it's like because, as you said, the way the NBA is going, you really just want the coin to stay on the side, yeah. So you don't have to pick.
0: <laughs> All right, a couple of wings, uh, big athletes, but they need a little more polish and ball skills. Josh Green versus Sky Lewis.
1: Josh Green. Mm-hmm. I like I I binged watched like I just did the scouting report on Scotty Lewis and he is so unbelievably raw on in every aspect on offense. Yeah. Um, like he is a long ways to go. Whether it's the handle, it's the finishing. He's a bad finisher. He's, you know, he's a bad passer. Um, the shots definitely projectable. Like I I like the form a lot, but then you have these misses that go you know three feet over the rim on the opposite side, and then yeah. you know, misses all over the place. Green, I think I think Green's. I think he'll be a good player like i think he's another yeah he's another three and d role playing wing that i think will be a good it'll be a good piece i just think yeah. there's so much more risk with lewis and i don't think the upside's much higher if at all
0: yeah when i did that an article like, quoting scouts one of them the one i talked to happened to be a, a high-ranking exec and he's like i have green more in the uh in the, the 20 to 30 range and he was higher on lewis but I, I feel a little bit safer with with green i used to go to i've been to a couple of sky lewis high school games and there were games that I would go to, and he was like step back threes and pull ups in the corner, and and then you'd see another game, and like you said, he misses the hoop by like three feet. But yeah. no matter what, he plays really hard. Every the oh, kids yeah. seem to to love him. Got a lot of positive energy. I really like him, but I guess I feel a little bit safer uh, with J- with Josh Green. All right, how about how about this question? anybody anybody projected high that you just like want to stay away from?
1: Yeah, uh, and I've actually I've actually wanted to bring this up. Um, so the piece that you've been talking about, my favorite part of the entire piece was the was the part on Wiseman. <laughs> um yeah. buyer beware, he's very average. Like I completely agree. I've been banging this horn for a while. Um mm-hmm. I just think, you know, in order to be a a worthwhile big, you need to be an elite defender pretty much not everywhere. I mean you need to be a high level defender everywhere in the court, you need to have that elite Uh, Scale, I think he'll be a good rim protector. I don't think his awareness is very good. Um, And then offensively, like, it was three games with um, Memphis, and sure, Penny Hardaway did a good job keeping him kind of boxed into that paint roll. And then, of course, he saw, like, five or six jumpers, and he went to, I think, six baby jumpers or baseline jumpers going away from the double team when he should have kicked it back out. And then going back to the high school and the AAU stuff, like, his true shooting in AAU was 52%, which is – Horrible. Like he's seven foot one, two hundred and forty pounds. That shouldn't be happening. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Wiseman. I don't I don't like Wiseman very much.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna have Wiseman either. And I guess like draft heads are gonna kind of not see these two answers as a surprise. Wiseman well, and my my would be Jaden McDaniels, who mm-hmm. um another guy who's just talented, he's skilled, but I just don't think that he's got I just don't think he's wired to to apply that talent to winning basketball. Um, so uh, I, I, he's one of those guys where, like you love the idea of a six nine wing, but like Kevin Knox, like you love the idea of Kevin Knox, he's, but I just don't think he can like actually execute the moves that he that he wants to, and uh, and he doesn't he certainly doesn't make guys around him better, um, right. and and I know he's going to go. Jade, somebody's going to look at Jaden McDaniel's and be like just like they did with Knox, and just see upside because he's young and he's yeah. uh, a mismatch on paper, but on paper is not real life and right. so uh, I'm, I'm staying away from Jay McDaniels alright last last question um, open open it up anybody that you think deserves a little more national recognition somebody that you might be higher on that, that is not getting enough publicity
1: uh, hmm. uh, let me think about this yeah sorry. sorry to put
0: you on the spot I, I don't even have one on my own I was just kind of thinking of that question like as we were doing this alright I'm going to go um,
1: I guess, I mean, Paul Reed. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good I've answer. Seen him, yeah, I've seen him all over. Um, I've seen him, some mocks had him in the second, some high first or mid first. Uh, I just, not comparing them as players, but in terms of role, just having someone you could slot in as a potential starting power forward or a high level backup power forward. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Taj Gibson type player. I think he'll defend. Um, I buy the shot even if the form is not great. It's, it's very rigid. Um, yeah, I mean the, the handle I think looks pretty good, though it can get loose. I like how comfortable he is with with handling the ball. But Reed I think is someone who's probably going to go later than he should, and he'll end up being a, a serviceable player. And you know, in this draft, as you know, we've talked about it's there's so much uncertainty. Don't you want someone who you can just kind of say, yeah, we know what we're getting?
0: It's a good answer, my friend. Um, I think we're good. I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, anything you want to plug before I let you go?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, all my stuff is up in the Stepian um, and on my Twitter account. I'm constantly spamming uh, either clips or retweeting my own articles. Um, I think that's about it.
0: All right. Sounds good. Uh, this is good, man. We'll have you back for another draft conversation. We'll let a few more weeks go by and. and We'll see how many players are injured by then, and and, uh, and drop out because it's been a rough it's been a rough rough year covering the draft. But um, yeah. uh, I'm John NBA Draft Was SK Perlman. Hit us up on Twitter, and thanks for listening.